Section 15 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Scott Kelly. The Mysteries of London, Volume 3, by George W. M. Reynolds. The Opiate. It was about seven o'clock in the evening when Dr. Lascelles returned to Lady Hatfield's house on Piccadilly Hill. Miss Mordaunt, whom he encountered in the drawing room, informed him that Georgina had become more composed and tranquil since she had taken the medicine which he had prescribed for her, and that she had requested to be left alone as she experienced an inclination to sleep. It is nevertheless necessary that I should see her, said the physician. Julia accordingly hastened to her friend's apartment and speedily returned with the information that Lady Hatfield was not yet asleep and that the doctor might walk up. Lascelles immediately availed himself of this permission, but he found, as indeed he had fully anticipated, that his patient was rapidly yielding to the invisible drowsiness produced by the opiate medicine which he had prescribed for her. He seated himself by the bedside, asked her for a few ordinary questions, and then suffered her to fall undisturbed into slumber. At length, she slept profoundly. A smile of satisfaction played for a moment upon the lips of the physician but it yielded to a somber cloud, which almost immediately succeeded it, for a powerful struggle now suddenly arose in the breast of Dr. Lascelles. In his ardent devotion to the science which he professed, he longed to satisfy himself on certain points at present admitting of doubt and involved in uncertainty, and, on the other hand, he hesitated at the accomplishment of a deed which he could not help regarding as a gross abuse of his privileges as a medical man. By virtue of the most sacred confidence, he was admitted to the bedchamber of his female patient, and he shrank from exercising that right in an illegitimate way. Then again, he reasoned to himself that if he were enabled to ascertain beyond all doubt that no physical cause induced Lady Hatfield to shrink from marriage, he must fall back upon the theory that she had become subject to certain monomaniac notions which influenced her mind to her own unhappiness, and he at length persuaded himself that he should be acting for her best interests, were he to put into execution the project which he had already formed. Such an opinion, operating upon a man who possessed but few of the delicate and refined feelings of our nature, and who was ever ready to sacrifice all considerations to the cause of the medical science, speedily banished hesitation. Having convinced himself that Georgina slept so profoundly that there was no chance of awaking her, he locked the door and again approached the bed. 
And now his sacrilegious hand drew aside the snow-white dress which covered the sleeping lady's bosom, and the treasures at that gently heaving breast were exposed to his view. But not a sensual thought was thereby excited in his mind. Cold and passionless, he surveyed the beauteous spectacle only as a sculptor might measure the proportions of a marble Venus or Diana the Huntress. And not a trace of cancer was there. No unseemly mark, nor mole, nor scar, nor wound disfigured the glowing orbs that, rising from a broad and ample chest, swelled laterally over the upper part of the arms. Yet wherefore did Dr. Lascelles abruptly start? And why did his countenance suddenly assume an expression of surprise, or rather a mingled doubt of astonishment, as his glances wandered over the fair bust thus exposed to his view? Carefully and cautiously refastening the strings of the nightdress, he now assumed the air of a man who had discovered some clue to a mystery hitherto profoundly veiled. And unhesitatingly did he resolve to clear up all his doubts and all his newly awakened suspicions. Five minutes afterwards, Dr. Lascelles left the room, Lady Hatfield still remaining buried in deep slumber. His countenance expressed surprise, mingled with sorrow and cold. Phlegmatic through his disposition was, he could not help murmuring to himself, Is this possible? Having just looked into the drawing room to take leave of Miss Mordaunt and state that his patient was progressing as favorably as could be expected, Dr. Lascelles returned home. Lord Ellingham was waiting for him in this interview the physician now dreaded. Are your tidings favorable, doctor? was the nobleman's hasty and anxious inquiry. I regret, my dear Earl, answered Lascelles, that I should have encouraged hopes which are doomed to experience disappointment, added Arthur bitterly. Oh, I might have anticipated this, unfortunate being that I am, but how have you ascertained that your ideas of this morning are unfounded? How have you convinced yourself that Georgina is not a prey to these mental eccentricities which your skill might reach? Has she revealed to you her motive for refusing, for rejecting me, me, whom she professes to love? She has revealed nothing, my lord, replied the doctor solemnly. But I have satisfied myself that Monomania and Lady Hatfield are total strangers to each other. Then must I abandon all hope, exclaimed the earl, for it is evident that I am the victim of a ridiculous caprice. And yet, he added, a sudden thought striking him, I will see her once again. She is ill. She is suffering. Perhaps she will be pleased to behold me. And who knows? Not this evening, my lord. Not this evening, cried the doctor, stopping the nobleman who had seized his hat and was darting towards the door. 
Lady Hatfield sleeps, and she must not be disturbed. But Lord Ellingham was too full of his new idea to pay any attention to the physician, and he rushed from the house. End of section 15. Recorded by Scott Kelly.